Hello. Howdy. I'm Gabriel. And I am Nick. And we are the Life, Liberty, and Podcast podcast. It may sound a certain way, but I trust you. You will like this podcast. We are, you know, two Colombian dudes who live and grew up in Georgia. And we're out here to talk about random shit about our lives, politics, media, creative stuff, the whole nine. We you usually know? just try and ramble between all of those things. So if that interests you, then... Uh... Stick around, and if it doesn't, hit the fucking road. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you. Come listen to us, and uh, we're starting now. Welcome to the, to the Apo- Ass Hour, Episode 4, Sphincters. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm sorry. You can restart. No, let's go for it. I just, I'm sorry. I love shitty intros so much. <laughs> so, I'm Gabriel. Uh, I'm Nick. Welcome to the third episode. This is the third episode. Really? Yeah. I thought it was the fourth episode. No. I'm not like, really? Yeah. This is the third episode. Oh. It's been a while. We have too many conversations. Hence <laughs> <I mean, laughs> the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's... um. It's a good thing they put a number on these things. <laughs> yeah. I already was coming up for the titles for the other two, um, so... Okay. I was just going to call episode one the pilot because that's what the film people do all the time and it's dumb. I think it's pilot fun. episode. Yeah. Yeah. And the episode two would just be we're fucking weebs or some shit like that. Or like Japan. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to call we're this. We're fucking one. weebs? Absolutely not. I would never do something so unsanitary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Keep so going. Today, yes, and Gabriel. Yes, and. <laughs> we're today we're talking about. Why don't you tell him what we're talking about, Nicholas? Oh, uh, that's why would you put that responsibility on me? You know, I, I don't we just had things. this conversation like <laughs> ten seconds ago. I, I thought I had ADHD, but I just have amnesia. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, the Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I'm just gonna talk about it and maybe like you know recommend it and talk it up to Gabriel. Okay, he hasn't seen it. Go ahead, Peaky Blinders. Okay. Um, well, I just, I really like that show mainly. I thought it was just going to be like a very boring period piece, right? Okay. Like, I feel like a lot of shows that take place in that like early 1900s, I think it's called turn of the century, right? Yeah. Um, early 1900s, late 1800s sort of time period is they're just so fucking boring. And it's like, like in boring, not like, not necessarily always in the story, but just in like, in like, dialogue and color scheme and like i get like that's the point of a period piece right is to like have a certain like you know uh like theme to it but it just feels like there's no like fun you know most of the time whenever i watch these interesting yeah i actually love that time period it's really cool setting no like it is but i feel like the way most people go about it is like it's so fucking boring Mm. you know there's just like why don't i just watch a documentary like a civil war (laughs) documentary where like jebediah um, you know lost a finger and then died of syphilis two years ago and then there's like a very sad violin behind it you know (laughs) always that's how all of them are but no this one has like as a style it like has um uh like it has like fun with it even just in the musical score like the music like it takes place during like the early 1900s like the music score is like punk rock really yeah Mm, and so like yeah so it like really and you know they're trying to play up the vibe of like you know it's about gangsters you know like are people uh specifically like um the peaky blinders that's the name of the gang and like it's the story of tommy shelby who's like a veteran from like the 
First World War, mm-hmm. and um, it like deals with his so it's more ambition. Like the Prohibition era. Yeah, sorry. Like, yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. It's like more Prohibition. I guess it had to be if he's like. It takes place like the first time is after World War One. Yeah. So yeah, early 1900s then. But still, yeah. even that time period, I feel like people like routinely make boring as fuck, mm-hmm. right? But um, yeah, the uh, show is about like Tommy Shelby, and he's dealing with like. Uh, the mental issues that he deals with is like a much more subtle thing of the show. Okay. But the way in which they deal with it and like, um, he's like a very self-destructive, but in the sort of way of like being ambitious to are too ambitious in a self-destructive way. Like he's a, like a man at the front of the train. who's just pushing the train faster and faster, faster, hoping that he hits a bend that he can't make. Right. And that's usually like the premise of each season. Mm. It's like, he's taking on different, you know, foes who are trying to challenge him and take away his power okay um it, but not to let me blow my nose i'll okay. cut this out no 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 right into the mic please <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this We're is now gone. an asmr podcast ASMR. it's pollen season the worst part is i used to not be allergic to pollen it didn't affect me at all uh-huh. in like the last four or five years my immune system's like go fuck yourself and <laughs> now i'm like this ASMR episode, anime girlfriend takes care of you while you have cold. Okay, please return to Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I beg of you. <laughs> um, and this is, I guess, somewhat of a spoiler, but I kind of like want to rope you into it with something I feel like you would appeal to, is that like he eventually goes into parliament, right? Like as a member and like represents the working class. Really? Right? Yeah, and it's actually a very interesting take because it's like, you know. Also, oh, it's happened in in UK, the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's so like, it's not technically not prohibition because prohibition is only the US. Well, it take it like gangs during that time profited from that because like it yeah, there's prohibition in the US, so that allowed for black market gangs that did manufacture alcohol like his comp like his oh, okay, thing. Got it, got it. They just you know routed it and yeah. you know. Uh, exported it to them so like that's a big part of it you okay know? okay um and then also like the ending of prohibition is not necessarily a huge part of it but like you know most of it takes place during prohibition mm-hmm. um but yeah he represents the working class which i felt like was like a super interesting thing because i feel like the easiest way and like I, the way i feel like most people do is like anybody who is a gangster right is like a rabid capitalist power hungry profit hungry person right right instead like what they try and do is like show that he's like a representative of people because if you think about it like a lot of criminal institutions or criminal gangs start you know from the people it didn't start like you know oh, yeah. top down well i like, mean there's corruption but you know that kind of reminds me a little bit of pablo escobar because he was he want he had similar intentions but of course he turned into a fucked up maniac but like you know he wanted to like have something for the people in Medellin in Colombia yeah and honestly like saying that this is just the Pablo Escobar story of the UK is probably a very appropriate like metaphor for the show Mm. except a little bit I would say a little bit less unjustified killings wait less unjustified killings. yeah less okay than so like, he's not as bad as Pablo. yeah not as bad <laughs> i mean yeah it's kind of hard to get to that level honestly. yeah yeah he was yeah he was shooting for gold with uh, yeah. you know, his life but um i actually want to learn more about him actually too i don't know that much other than like passing things of like yeah he blew up a plane 
you know, and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and things like that. But yeah, it's a good show. It's also done, right? Oh, okay. It's six seasons. How, six seasons, holy shit. How six many? seasons, but each episode, there's six episodes and each oh, episode's okay. an hour long. And then they're so. going to finish with a, a movie, right? Oh. Which is actually, I think, kind of good. But maybe I would have preferred a season seven. Maybe I would have preferred them like actually finishing it with six, uh, season six. But um, either way, their writing has been pretty stellar. That's interesting. I have a move from a TV to a movie. That's interesting. That's what they're doing in Attack on Titan, right? Well, yeah, I was saying. Oh wait, you, no, they're not going. They're not doing that with Attack on Titan. They do that with other stuff. So, yeah. but like, like uh, Demon Slayer, Made in Abyss. But like, you don't see that very often in um, uh, Western media. I feel like from TV to movie, it's usually the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. true. Like it's like okay, let's milk this in a le- <laughs> less efficient form, I guess. Like let's, which is kind of cool, this. honestly, because I feel like limited series like that that are like six episodes long each season are actually pretty well. Um, they're like well framed to become a movie, you know, like well structured. They have the structure set already. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, like they are like hybrid, like forms of a movie yeah. in fact i prefer most miniseries to movies because i feel like it gives more breathing, breathing yeah. to like per, like character development right as a whole like whereas like in a movie it's like fucking rushed you yeah. know and, it, and maybe it's done it's pulled off effectively a lot but like it's also sort of efficient in the way that it's mm-hmm. like you hit key moments rather than right. like maybe like your character goes up and then he goes down and up and then down and up and then down and then he is you know reaches reaches the point that they're actually trying to get to right which is like more human because i feel like you know we grow That's as how people life is. yeah exactly <laughs> but we also like hit the shitter again because you know yeah. so just stuff comes down the pipeline but um yeah peaky blinders is great um blow my nose again yeah it's going to be a great what you don't episode. see folks is that he's blowing his nose right into this bowl of cereal that i'm eating snotty bunches of oats I, I... <laughs> why do you gotta be so nasty bro come on <laughs> what is it's just it's just our biology man i hate you, you okay disregard it i hate i hate potty it. humor like that i don't know why oh you do yeah well i didn't know that i'm sorry i mean you can go for it i'm sure they love it well i'm not gonna give some i'm not gonna do something that the other 50% of our podcast doesn't like, <laughs> you know, it kind of sets a bad, bad tone. Oh, I don't care that much. All right. You don't vibe with it though. Yeah. I'm just like, eh, like, especially when it's like poop jokes. I'm like, why? I don't understand why that's funny. I've never understood those kind of jokes. Um, I mean, neither did I for a longest time. I also kind of disregarded them, but mm-hmm. then I think I kind of eventually, like after I, you know, got into my first relationship and became more human, which sounds weird but that is Uh, the only way that i can characterize it okay but after my first relationship Mm -hmm. i just i don't know i became i came to realize that it's like i don't know it's a collective experience that we all have right we all have to shit it's something that humanizes us instead of like building the you know the other person up into like this like this like cloud or this like non-existent entity like an npc right you know like it's just like you're another human like putin has to sit down and shit and piss you know and yeah, come i just like we're gonna cut this out. <laughs> we're gonna cut this god out. damn it nah keep it in there bro we gotta we don't spotify's not in russia anymore so it doesn't matter <laughs> oh i was not concerned about that i, I probably should have been though <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Immediate drone strike. Oh, wait, no, that's yeah. Obama. Never mind. Um, um, no. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to do an Obama impression. <laughs> yeah. I'm more worried about him, actually, than Putin, if I'm being honest. Oh, shit. I feel like Putin gets shit on all the time. Oh, yeah. He definitely pulled the strings behind that fucking Bernie loss. So, you know how it is. Oh, Obama did? Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I will gonna, never I'm, forgive him. I'm going to make fun of him. He's going to have me lose the election that is my life. <laughs> my continued existence. <laughs> I didn't have enough, uh, what is it, electoral votes. <laughs> so I'm now To dead. continue living. Yeah, to continue. <laughs> I didn't win Pennsylvania, so... Uh, <laughs> it's like, now, now Bro, I'm imagine dead. a fucking like, democratic system to decide how you fucking die. I mean, isn't that kind of where we are <laughs> like what is oh what? yeah because we have a jury you know well no you still have to commit I'm, the crime though i'm just like just about, randomly just like literally you know, what are you talking about i'm just talking about like in life like we vote for people who ultimately determine whether or not we get health care which determines how we die that's a good point <laughs> you know it's a bit indirect it's like a little like there's a little maze in between all that but eventually you get to the goal the same goal i feel like not properly recognizing that indirect like nature of controlling that is what gets a, lets a lot of people get away with some hate yeah shit. generally though i feel like if we did have that direct democracy of just immediately kill like the first people to die would be the politicians probably absolutely which is what i'm talking about <laughs> you know let's get a writ like this illusion come on it's not an illusion it's true it's like if you got to pick someone i mean yeah like i mean but that's the like, thing we hold people accountable for like maybe we should connect it that's how that's how we get out the vote like yeah, absolutely. Making like, people look, realize here. Here's exactly <laughs> how many people this this man is rep- is responsible for killing. You know the path. Like draw out the trajectory, direct yeah. path. And the thing is, is that like it should operate that way. Like it I get should. people provide so many excuses for both sides, right? Yeah. For their president, be like, oh no, is this person? I'm like, you're president, man. You're the most powerful person in the world. The buck stops with you. <laughs> Literally, when I, I saw that with like Biden tweeting, "We need medic, we need like healthcare," and it's like, bro, <laughs> my brother, my in brother, Christ. In Christ, you're the president. <laughs> Stop tweeting, Joe, and make it happen. <laughs> God, it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Oh man. But um, yeah, but like back, I guess back to the Peaky Blinders, like, you know, just seeing like uh, a character that was like, you know willing to do it it's actually more of a political uh almost like house of cards mm, um rather cool. than like gangster mob story uh-huh. like it that's a part of it but like i feel like part i cared about more was like the political aspect to it mm. it really actually that probably gave it some much longer legs than season three mm. because it transitioned rather than like all right we got to find another gangster for this guy to go against <laughs> rather than like fascists and you know socialism versus fascism and it actually intrigued me to learn more about that political climate you know which like you know you go in history and again in history classes in school they fucking make it so boring bro they didn't even teach like people still think fascists and socialists are the same thing yeah or like, <laughs> it's just you know, like incredible like, the further you get to one end <laughs> the you know yeah it's just like but that is a very nuanced thing to like I don't, but we should, I guess we should expect them to teach that, but it's also, we should, that's the thing. It's like, cause the reason I know that there is an actual better case out there is, you know, Anna's studying abroad in Europe and she's telling you all the things she's learning. And it's like, they don't, they literally, 
if you look at the fucking political quadrant, they're literally teaching us just one quarter of what's actually out there yeah. in reality in the U.S. Yeah. And everyone else like knows all of the other shit. Like we're literally operating off of just one quadrant, the top right quadrant, where it's like right wing and authoritarian. Yeah, the, the blue part, the blue part. But then we divided, we divided the blue part into a compass. Into in a compass, yeah. So Bernie Sanders is just like a fucking centrist, but he's like, oh my fucking god, extremist left. Yeah, yeah. That that it is really, uh, it is sad, but it's just I've actually thought about this. Like I'm trying to think about if you. You know, if it was possible, which it isn't, to restructure like the American education system, because it just gets. So I want a hundred percent. I'm down for that. Yeah, like, like we need it. Yeah, that's the bedrock of stuff. But the thing is, you see what happens. Like I don't know a lot about the implementation. Yeah, people even can handle CRT. Like how the fuck are they gonna handle anything else? Exactly. <laughs> like I don't know the rollout of CRT, right, and how it was handled. But like the 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 fact that the 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 uh, response to that was not like, let's just get rid of this, but actually not only will we get rid of this, but implement an even more traditional American, ed- you know, like <laughs> America's God's gift to earth. And just, and I don't know if they've actually done that. Right. That's, that's a whole lot of like hearsay for me. Like, no, about, they did. Oh, they did. Like I'm, I'm working, like I followed the, I tracked all the legislation that they passed this year, mm-hmm. That by far the worst sector that they passed bills in was education. Cause they made it way easier to ban books. They made it. They made it illegal to teach systemic racism in Georgia, um, and uh, they also made it way easier for parents to get teachers fired and also get schools in trouble for quote unquote ba- uh, uh, uncontroversial things to teach their children. Let the people who are experts in education teach our kids education. Not those fucking idiots that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's very, it's very difficult to like tell people like you know nothing without being insulting or triggering that <laughs> triggering that part of like that part of their brain where they want to like immediately like, because i'm not trying to insult you i'm trying to tell you the reality of your situation if i walk to up to a random person and i'm like you know nothing about medicine mm-hmm. right or actually that's not even a good one because they, they, they'll bucket that one right let's say uh actually let's have that's also else. another political thing now. yeah exactly <laughs> let's um i'll say you don't know the rules of cricket Right. You know, the sport. Right. That's a fact. You don't. That data doesn't exist in your brain. You know, like maybe, you know, some stuff about it. But it's like if you say something about like that, but with something else, like with education or science, which is true, because it's like, you know, you have to study and and do hours of boring horseshit and read books that are dusty and nobody wants to read them, but you power through them because you believe in this thing. Right. And they believe that they can just do it by like, you know, and it's like this illusion of like, uh, you know, intelligence that a lot of people have because they think, you know, I have pieces of the, of the picture and I can kind of arrange them in a way to like, you know, I can kind of arrange it in a, to, into something that I recognize. Right. And so like that ability to rationalize things, just it's like a magic trick for the brain where they're just like, oh, it makes sense. So it must be. You yeah. Know, if it didn't, if it wasn't that way, I wouldn't be able to make sense. Yeah, it's that concept of like when you start out learning something, you think you're a genius about it. And then as you learn more, you realize you're not. And then it, it even levels out. What is that called again? Oh, it's like the it's like a K. Like it starts with a K. I'll look it yeah. up right quick. But um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like a big dip. Yeah. Because at first you think, oh, wow, I'm a fucking genius. And then you realize, oh, wait, <laughs> no, I'm not. And then I mean, I think that's like, like the okay, learning actually, curve kind of or whatever expert. it is. Or like like oh, another word for it is a learning curve or something like that. Yeah. Because um, I mean, it's natural. And like I do it all the time as well. It's not like I'm immune to it either. 
right? But like, I, I think mean, it's... I was that way for sure. When like, even with politics, because I, I assumed because I had like, uh, like I think a slightly better education um, than a lot of people, but it was still like a heavily Americanized education. Yeah. Um, it was actually I was just thinking about that because I was reading that book. Uh, I guess we are talking about it, like a people's history of the United States. Right. And I was just thinking about it how, um, you know through my own like my upbringing in my house my parents gave me a whole lot of books to like read outside of what the school like re- like wanted me to oh, read. oh wow really yeah and mm. like it's because they're educators right and the thing is like when you read the books like oh they're super american propaganda right but the thing is i can what i can very much appreciate about that upbringing is that it taught me to like continue learning on my own outside of school right rather than like passively like taking in information like you know mm-hmm. for example i wouldn't be reading this book if it weren't for the fact of like you know what i should learn more about stuff and inform myself outside right. of just like t- flipping on the tv having to scroll by an article on on you know twitter or something. i mean shit. yeah it's it's a natural human thing and i understand that people feel like they're losing control of everything so they want to try to gain control back the problem is it's like there's a balance to be had right Yes, we should be able, we live in a democracy, we should be able to like make individual decisions and have control over our, you know, stuff like your children's education, whatever, etc. I understand that. But at the same time, there's, there's a process for a reason. We can't just have full on, like chaos of like parents teaching everything their kids on their own. Or like, you know, like everyone say, being if you go to the extreme, having everyone be stay at home, um, sorry, learn from home, like, um, homeschooling that's what it's called right because then you oh, just I'm have to try and homeschool my, my kids oh really I mean yeah but that's I'm not gonna say that it should be applied on mass I just trust my ability to like like we talked I think not on the podcast but we talked about this how there are levels of self-awareness yeah right there's like people who are genuinely stupid and don't know it there are people who are you know, a little bit more intelligent, but they, they think because of that, they see the person below them. So they think that they're intelligent, therefore have nothing more to learn. And then there are people who know that I, I don't know anything, right? They're, they're minimal or not their minimal, but they're like, their intelligence allows them to know how much they don't know. Yeah. Right. And I think that, you know, I'm at that level because I just feel I've, I have felt that I feel it all the time. Where like I crack into something that's new and I'm like, shit, I don't know anything about the world. Right. But I feel like that that is a key part of education is. um, I don't know. I it, Like on top of that, it's like what you just said, like, look how much they're controlling that. Do I want to put my kid in it because it's easier? Like, no, I don't want to like through public education if they're changing it that much. Like, well, I, I don't want to do that to them. Yeah, but I do think that as a society, um, we well, should. I'm sorry, by the way, it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah, the Dunning-Kruger effect. That's what it was. Yeah, because it's like you think you're smarter at the beginning and then you uh, go down and then you level out at the end. Yeah, which... I feel like I'm at the bottom, you know. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um... Or the second bottom, like not the first one. You're an actual idiot. Well, well sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Idiot's not right when, you, when you're ignorant. When you're ignorant, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So, like, the point that I'm trying to make here is that, like, you know, there has to be a balance between like listening to the experts and also being able to think for yourself. Like you should be able to think for yourself, but not to the extreme level where you disagree with people who definitely know way more than you. 
but like you should also not have to take everything at heart and say like oh just because this one source said it that means it's gospel which i think is a good example of like the whole mask thing with the corona i mean covid in general i feel like has been that way it's become so politicized that people now on both sides are sticking to their guns instead of actually listening to the science and like actually trying to see the, what the real truth is out there yeah. and so now it's impossible to have a nuanced take where like people there's people there's still people out there advocating for lockdowns and it's like dude the only reason we had lockdowns is because we didn't have access to the vaccine we have the vaccine now anyone who doesn't have it at this point that's their choice that's their problem yeah, they decided not to get could. it we did all we could yeah the only people who matter who don't who can't get vaccinated is immunocompromised and obviously we should try our best to protect them but like yeah i mean other than that like we have the vaccines about two-thirds of americans are fully vaccinated at this point so like we're good. We don't need lockdowns anymore. Maybe like unless it gets worse. Well, yeah, obviously if it gets worse, but th- at this point in time, there is nothing that's indicating that it's going to get worse than it already has before. I right? just don't think that it's possible. Like I think, you know, I don't know. Like humans in general are just such a momentum-based thing, like a very large ship, yeah. right? So it's like the maneuverability of people is like transitioning them into lockdown, lockdown easier because it's like one thing to another, yeah. right? But now you're just trying to turn around at this point and like tr- swing people back into it. It's like, unless you have, God forbid, people like bleeding from their eyes and their ears and like super visceral stuff, like black plague shit, you're not going to make it happen. Just because it's like people are are done with it, you know? Yeah, like, oh, people are so done. Yeah. I mean, when they announced that the, when they ani- announced mid-flight that they were taking away the mask mandate for the planes a lot of people were cheering right which i mean i think it's i think it's fine but like also like why would you do it mid-flight <laughs> i feel like that should have been a little butter blend out so at least people who are who do care about the mask should have at least known that they're gonna have masks the whole time and then at the end of the flight you can be like okay like when they leave the plane you can be like all right mask mandate's done the next time you come on a plane you don't have to worry about it so, you know i feel like that would have been a little bit better yeah i don't know there's like, but like there's a lot of layers to that like you know yeah how did we find out about that why was someone videotaping like i i used to not think that there was like so many manufactured things but i feel like there are instances where they're like this would be great for marketing this would be great for travel you know and then they're like let's market it or even someone like even they did that and someone didn't they were just videotaping it for their own personal purposes but then someone makes use of that you know like i don't know i mean yeah that's true there's a lot of media um and maybe there's the a lot of anxiety and it a... makes it easier for them to do that if they're like hey guys you don't worry about it you know and that way people aren't like getting in fights over someone sneezing next to them or something like that you know like i don't know it, it could flip both ways i don't really know enough about it though there's a lot of manipulation in media that is true so you always have, that's why that's again it's the balance of like thinking for yourself and doing your own research but also like if you're going to do your own research you should do it well because <laughs> that's something that people also don't realize well, and second off to you should still listen to experts as well when like you don't know everything and fill in the gaps are needed and this goes back to education because you can educate people how to do real research there's actually been some schools that are doing classes on like media literacy which i think is incredibly important especially in our current age um and i feel like that's a hint at what we need more in our education system which is independence and teaching of independence because we're actually as much as like americans are like full all about freedom and obsessed with it and obsessed with individualism our education system is the exact opposite of that it's authoritarian it's incredibly strict and it's like not um it teaches kids to be um, submissive and obedient instead of like actually independent thinkers. Mm-hmm. 
So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I feel like the education system should be more free and like more open to like allowing students to kind of like learn themselves. Because something I saw the other day, which was pretty true, is that, you know, uh, I think it was a science teacher who went to go talk to a kindergarten class and they were like super excited and always asking questions. And then by the time you go to like a high school class and visit them, they're like so bored. They want they don't want to be there. They're like done with this shit, right? If, and obviously education is not ever going to be like the most fun thing. But you could at least make it something that's more interesting for people where it's like they the students have more of a say what they learn and you just guide them in the direction you want them to go. This is actually something they do in Scandinavian countries. They only go to school for like four hours a day, like four days a week or something like that. Yeah. And they do a lot of activities, like physical activities to learn about things yeah. instead of just being in a classroom, listening to lectures and droning, droning lectures all day. Yeah, because I think we need and they they te they consistently test amongst the highest in the world yeah. because they have a more free thinking education system, which I feel like would do a lot better for our population, especially if we live in a democracy. Absolutely. I mean, um. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, I have a very privileged education um, being raised by educators, but also like in high school, I went through like the international baccalaureate oh, program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is basically a form of that, you know, right. I'll, I'll say it's like, I don't know if it's actually that, but like what it is, is like tons of like, you know, like uh, really in depth. And I also just, my teachers were fantastic. Mm. They really cared about their like teaching and making sure that we understood like a, like a turning point for me with math in general and my curiosity with it was that because you had a teacher who who demonstrated how math is not just a like computational experience but like an actual theory a mm. living thing kind right. of like you know physics in fact it's not that much different than physics it's yeah. another layer of physics mm -hmm. right and it's like when you find out the fat the the fascinating things about about life and how they are determined by math then you're like holy shit this is cool right oh yeah and um one of the classes that they have that's part of it is called i don't know if it's still part of it but called theory of knowledge and it's a class entirely devoted to um like analyzing how how do we know things and tackling different aspects of the acquisition of knowledge and truth and hmm. it's like a it's like a philosophy light class of sorts but okay. not not about religion more about you know yeah like knowledge and in that sort of stuff That's unfortunately cool. it wasn't as good as the other classes i just feel like because not calling anybody out but i feel like the teacher kind of let the class be taken as a free time sort of thing uh, okay. where people didn't have to put in that much effort but like in general its existence is good okay you know and i feel like a lot of people they get that in college i i got it yeah. in high school but they get that sort of experience in college but unfortunately the fucking barrier to entry for that is thousands <laughs> of dollars you know yeah and it's like you can it's like like the liberal ideology or whatever sort of ideology you want to call it is guarded and gatekeeped by profit-minded individuals right. and it's like i don't know like i really i'm trying to think about different ways you can roll it out but it's just such a hard thing to roll it out for an entire country well i think if we're actually talking about details like that's something you would have to first do studies on so there's this thing called study committees that they do in um, congress and in state governments mm -hmm. where they study it do research on it and then they get reports back from experts and stuff to see how it is and then they make a final report of recommendations right so you would start there and then you I think the best way to do it was to have test testing sites uh, sparse throughout the state or the country. And then based on those results, you can be like, hey, look, 
we should do this and then like obviously such a hard thing though because it's like a testing is not like super good at gauging like like creative thinking and like out of the box thinking and and that sort of thing so it just tries to like i i don't know in my experience it just tries to focus on like certain metrics like does this person know how to count you know to or just different types like like i feel like essays should be so much more important to like you know testing because it's like that is how you manufacture that's how you understand things because it it teaches you to create a rational thought process and defend it and like you know that's not done in testing a lot of testing is just like answer this question and then it's just like a memorize this date yeah memorize (laughs) this don't interpret or try and you know determine thing or things like that and essays can be that way too you know essays can be very much like tell me this thing yeah exactly like it just needs to be a lot more in fact, getting I, people to think, <laughs> that's, which you should be what education is for. <laughs> yeah. The, um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, should. the problem is that. And then with regime changes, then you're like, well, we don't need this. And, you know, then you don't get the effective amount of data, which is probably like, what, 10 years? Yeah, of- it's un- it's so hard. It's unfortunate. That's that is some one of the drawbacks of, unfortunately, of democracies. Like you can get with, like <laughs> changes in uh, leadership can make things that you were getting progress in and suddenly it's cut off yeah too slow too slow in the wrong areas you yeah. know and too fast in the wrong areas right. that's politics is it's just like but whatever you know it's a it's a changing thing and i've kind of started to think about it of how it's like a very 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 long war that it's, we all yeah, you know that's have pretty our, much what it is yeah we all have our parts in the campaign we just gotta toe the line while we're alive and then we hand it off to the people and hopefully they do they do the right thing yeah you know i think uh the wrong way of looking at it is like is uh let me try and accomplish this in my lifetime you know right. like massive thing where it should be like let me try and accomplish this one thing you know <laughs> let me try and make you know this small step towards the larger thing right. in my lifetime uh and it's like okay that's probably a good way of looking at it that's how like companies are are you know successful companies are run and you know uh just i don't know that that's what the way it should be you know not necessarily yeah. like making it one-to-one like company you know government should be run like companies but it's like they they have similar <laughs> like life uh how do i say this life cycles right you know in, in existence yeah um oh i was gonna say something else um about essay right oh i had a this is more of a per- personal anecdote but uh i had a history teacher and honestly he was like the best history teacher i've had okay um because of his effectiveness more than anything um he wasn't necessarily uh, a history teacher that challenged our understanding of stuff and like uh or was like hey think about it this way or think about it from like a like combining history with like um with philosophy i guess mm. he wasn't that type of person but what he did do was teach it in such a way where you remembered it really well mm. and that i think provides you with the clay to make the bricks you yeah know? and what he did was um he's old school right so the way we do things is we learn about the cold war in soviet history and what he would do is make you hand write like a very long essay like 5,000 words, I think. I may be Jeez. overestimating, underestimating, but it was a lot and my hand hurt. Um, <laughs> but he would make you handwrite the events of like, give me what happened between here, like the 19, 1950s to 1980s. 
or actually the 1990s because i think it always ended with like yeltsin mm. you know and um uh, or yeltsin or gorbachev one of the two mm. and it just makes you really good at remembering things because you are literally <laughs> writing, writing it. a, it's like you're writing a wikipedia article by yeah. hand and it's like makes you remember the stuff and like grain it into your head yeah and it's like I, that makes me appreciate um you know the old style of doing things rather than like well it is proven that handwriting things makes you remember it better yeah. and it's not the same if you type it oh no it isn't though i would kind of cheat and i would try i would type it first like oh okay yeah because i wanted to like organize my thoughts out and then handwrite it so if anything i'm writing the essay twice which makes Jesus. it doubly <laughs> but you know doing two activities in your head at once orchestrating a thought and then writing it down mm -hmm. It seems inefficient to me, so I was like, "Let me orchestrate my thoughts." Yeah, that makes sense. And then handwrite, and then I don't even type essays. I orally, I orally deliver them, like and use a. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, folks. He's draining the contents of his brain. But, Back to what you're saying. Um, shit, I forgot. <laughs> the essay, you the way you do two things at once. Yeah. Oh, I, I would I would say them because I'm I just it's very it's much more easy for me to like orchestrate my thoughts if I'm like saying them. So I would use a text to speech, or sorry, speech to text. Function, really? Yeah, to create the That's pretty cool. like like the main eighty five percent of the essay. Then I would go in and edit it like by hand, and then I would write it. That's still That's how insane. I do essays. That's crazy. Well, it's like faster, you know. And I'm a procrastinator, so I just make outlines and then write it. That's usually what I do. And then I rewrite from there. Unfortunately, I'm like, as an out, I don't know how to say it. As an outline guy, I've like, it's really hard for me to do outlines and not already feel like I've completed the assignment, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I feel too, but it makes me just like, all right, now I just have to write the details and fill in the gaps and I'm good. Yeah, though I suppose yours is more efficient, whereas mine is writing an essay three times. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote an essay three times in, what was it, three hours? <laughs> Before the before the time was due. Good thing is that they don't have the. Uh, and gosh, I'm so happy for um, that we grew up in a time before or while the uh, online due dates were being implemented. Oh yeah. Because that, if I'm being honest, that kind of like I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't, but I feel like that pushes kids to stay up later, which is more destructive for their mental health. I agree. But then again, if you have to turn it in the day before, then that just gives them a further deadline to stay up until much later in the night. Mm, um, we need more data on that one not this fly because if it's, a, your data. <laughs> if it's midnight that's probably earlier than what most people would be up to doing it if they had to turn it the next day probably yeah i didn't have any online deadlines in high school i did in college though i had a, i had a, a fair number in high school really oh yeah like i like because we used the plagiarism checker oh my and God. stuff like that and like ib in general God. is an online thing because it's like you know international oh yeah like our true. stuff was scored by someone in like singapore or some shit like that that's interesting i mean it's good but like you know because then that's cool you don't have an american you know perception of like stuff you get it graded that was such a good experience, man. Like, if you ever put your kid through a program, I would encourage you putting them in, like, he doesn't have a children. He doesn't have children, by the way. I don't have kids. a children. He doesn't have a children. Um, no. But I do have children. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, Thank yeah, God. It's just one child. He contains multitudes, though. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> several personalities, several limbs. I hate you. He just has a spider. A, child, <laughs> a very large spider. Okay. So, 
Um, yeah, I feel like I missed out with IB, but I don't know. It's whatever. I did AP classes. I had a physics teacher who was really cool too, and he really made me like. It was the only teacher I had where it made me like science. Yeah, and AP then, classes are also yeah pretty good if yeah. you have the right teacher though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would agree. I don't. Do you have to get qualified to teach AP, or can you just teach AP? I think. I don't know. That's a good question. Because I, I know really you know. have to be qualified to teach IB. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, American public education system is fucking ridiculous. Is a fucking joke. So probably not. Well, I mean, AP is probably just like another scam to get money. Because you have to pay for the tests and stuff like that. Yeah, but you also don't have to pay for classes in college. Sure, but that's just their way of like, I can't get him to pay for this, so maybe I'll just get him to pay for it on a smaller scale. You know, not Coke, Diet Coke. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to like consume uh, corn syrup. Well, I'll just get him to consume aspartame, you know, <laughs> but it, that's, I don't know. That's like, you know, reading into it, but like, I still, no, that's true. You're yeah. probably, I mean, there's stuff like just looking at the textbooks, for example, just how much, how ridiculously expensive they are. Dude, yeah. did you know that Florida banned every single textbook they had for like one course? I forgot which one it was, except for one. And the one textbook they didn't ban is from a company that the governor is is related to someone who works at the company. Uh, DeSantis, yeah. Which, it's fucking hilarious because everyone wants to think DeSantis is like the man of the people or whatever the fuck. And it's just like, nah, he's just as corrupt as everyone else, who, which is always the funniest thing. Who walks into Florida and thinks any politician that works there <laughs> is a man of the people? Dude, I don't know, bro. Florida is such a fucking cesspool. <laughs> it's a like, wild west of it's a wild west I, of capitalism. And I can dude. say this because I lived there for three years, so I fucking know that shit is cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck Florida, <laughs> terrible place. Don't ever live there. <laughs> yeah, Florida, it's ruined by the Floridians. <laughs> It's like all the craziest people you could possibly find decided to move there for whatever reason. Yeah. Anytime and then, like, oh, and then yeah, it's just a bunch of poor people trapped in there and they can't leave. I feel so bad for you. That's probably what radicalized you, honestly. <laughs> Dude, oh my god. <laughs> that was like that was like going probably like experiencing It's literally the train tracks, dude. It's like Facebook IRL. It's like you know what I'm saying? Oh my god. No, it's because like it's literally the train tracks where, like, the, the common trope of, like, on the other side of the train tracks, you know? Yeah. 100% down the entire fucking uh, east coast of down Miami. That railroad track divides the poor and the rich just, like, it's, like, it's fucking like night Steinbeck and day. Or a yeah. Steinbeck novel. Like, everyone who lives between the train tracks and the beach, yeah. rich as fuck. All having a good time, partying all the time, doing whatever the fuck. And then you have everyone else who are like trying to fucking struggle and survive and can barely get a buy with anything. And it's just like, like, that's what, yeah, I think it is really where I like started to get radicalized. Also, the fact that I, um, the Trayvon Martin thing happened at my high school. Oh. Did I not tell you about that? You did, but I'm yeah. playing it off to the audience. <laughs> I mean, I want you to tell the story. No, yeah. It was like when I was freshman year in high school, I went to uh, Crop High School. Dr. Michael Crop High School was what it was called. Right. I don't know who that is. But um, that was apparently the same school that Trayvon Martin went to. And I say apparently because I didn't know him personally. But he was a sophomore when I was a freshman. And I did have friends who knew him. So, like, when it happened... Like, before it was even on the news, I remember hearing about it from my friends. Like, did you hear, like, Trayvon died or whatever? It's crazy. And I was like, like, one of my friends was saying how he was talking to his mom and, like, she was crying or whatever. So I was like, damn, that's... And I, I didn't know anything. I just knew that he died. I didn't know anything else. And then it went on the news and I was like, wait, this... And then I realized... And then it became this whole thing. And then we started protesting in the high school. It yeah. was crazy. 
that, I um, think, at least for me, that was my first time, like, um, you know, being conscious as a human and like seeing something that was like, uh, I don't know, it, it was like the first social thing. Like people have had it. It happened previously. But for me, you in know, our lifetime, in yeah. our lifetime, it was like our first like big, uh, you know, exposure to like a social controversial. I, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Social justice issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And I think j- just my well, I don't know. I was also raised in a big Fox News household, but like everything before that was like the Middle East, right? Mm. That was most of like what my exposure was. But then that one was like the first one where I was like, and unfortunately during that time, I was like, you know, probably rooting for the wrong guy, you know, like, yeah. um, but I also was like a fucking idiot kid. To so be like, per- to be perfectly honest, back then, if I hadn't been at the same high school and hadn't had friends we know him personally, I probably would have been on the other side too because I was pretty conservative in high school. But like, because I was there and because I got that side of the story and the real side of the story, I was able to like, I was like, okay, this, yeah, this is bullshit. And mm-hmm. how long into your stint <laughs> in Florida was that, did that happen? That was at the last year I was there. So I was there between, I was there seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And then I moved after that year. So it was literally the last year I was there. So when did you start sliding into like sliding to the left? I think from an economic side i've always kind of been leaning left because like that's just how funnily enough my parents raised me <laughs> like they really? well yeah because my dad would always say like never trust the big man never trust the wealthy or the elite or like and he would always talk about shit like we ne- we have to tax the rich like 90 percent, and like the rich he would say things like the rich should never have more money than the government that's wild that's and like... it's like and now he's a trump supporter <laughs> I'm like, what? We went the opposite direction. Well, it's like people get radicalized in the opposite direction. Yeah, too, it's true. Know? When they when they eventually, I don't know. I don't know. It's like sometimes when people become the rich, you know? They, That's they, true. They, they become the rich and then they're like, well, oh, I shit, think... I don't want to get, like, the tax system is still screwed. So I don't want to get screwed because, you know, I'm not right. one of them. Exactly. You know? Because, so like, like, yeah, I think it is that, like, he wants to simulate more. And also, like, I think... I, th- I can tell that that idealism is still inside of him, but I think he's just decided and like uh, that it's just not, it's impossible essentially. He's jaded. Yeah, he's jaded. Yeah. Like, it's Which, like, there's no way we're ever going to get I mean, there. So he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to be selfish and, you know, support my family and my loved ones and then everyone else, whatever. It's, I can't, it's not my problem. Well, I get it. I, I don't necessarily take that as like a selfish standpoint. Like it, a lot of people are that way. Well, yeah. selfish. But like, I've thought about that myself and I've sometimes stooped to that stooped into that ideology um and it's just like you know it's just so much to care about exactly so much to care about and then there's a point where you just get so overwhelmed that you're just like i just want to care for the people around me yeah you know like i want to provide for them you know ultimately they're the only people that i really know and i want to care for their well-being yeah i mean that's what happened with my grandpa on my dad's side too he was like super he was pretty economically um left and he like worked in the colombian government as an economist Mm -hmm. and like he would. He was one of the few people in the entire government who wouldn't take any bribes or money from people. I'm surprised he survived. Yeah, honestly, uh, especially in that era, like Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but yeah, they essentially just drove him out and like got him fired because he wouldn't take money, oh, right? Man. And so ever since then, he's just he just became a bitter old man and like hates the world. And like fair because it's like <laughs> they treated him like shit for trying to do the right thing. Yeah, that's um, true. But it's like I guess that kind of plays back into that whole mindset. This is a very long war, and there are going to be casualties. And you know, it's just like 
I, I don't know. It's it's like something I always thought of as a kid. Whenever you see war movies, like imagine being that guy. You know, you train for six months in like ba- or what is it, uh, basic training. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you 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 get shipped off to Europe and you're killed within the first thirty seconds of uh, getting there. You like do nothing. You know, yeah. like you it's charge. Like Attack on Titan. Yeah, exactly. Um, or like the just you know, I see it. You see it in the the, the old war films. You know, yeah. like or Saving Private Ryan. But it's also like that's actually what happened. Someone someone had to be that way, where they're just like, I'm ready. I love my country. I'm ready to fucking fight these Nazis. And boom, Dead. you charge Normandy. It's your first time, and you get killed in the boat. Yeah. You know, you get well. I was, well never mind. <laughs> but it's like terrible. And there are people who are like that. But in the in the uh, the 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 field the the battlefield of ideologies it's just like people who are just gonna get you know thrown out yeah you know like burned out at the beginning yeah but they their contribution was worth it because like i hate to say it but like they took a bullet that someone else didn't and hopefully eventually that person you know charges the line and makes it i've never been in war nor am i military man so i kind of feel wrong for using this metaphor but (laughs) i feel like that's appropriate no yeah it makes sense yeah and and going i i really hope i'm not one of those people but i guess we'll see <laughs> but well, i mean going, like you just gotta like what's the thing again not a military man but i feel like a lot of people say is just like you get into that situation and no amount of thinking or well no amount of overthinking or planning is gonna like really prepare you for it right. it's like murphy's law right yeah. and so the only thing you can do is rely on your training you know, yeah. is just to get you through the situation or not. But that's the only thing you can do is just rely on what you know, keep keep moving forward until you get blown away or you know thrown out of office or blackmailed with some false evidence or whatever is going to happen to you. Thanks, appreciate <laughs> it. What's meant to happen will happen. So. Yeah. Don't so. worry, I, I'll, they'll never bribe me unless it's like you know. But yeah, going back to what my my <laughs> radicalization, I feel like it's actually interesting, but because I do think that a lot of my radicalization. I mean, I don't like to call it that because I feel like I'm not radical. I feel like I'm pretty common sense and everyone else has like, been propagandized into thinking that it's radical. But regardless, I think that the reason I opened up my eyes and everything, um, funnily enough, I feel like it has a lot to do with like learning about um, just how much racism specifically um, to black people in this country has happened, mm-hmm. you know? And realizing like how terrible our sins are and how much you don't want to they don't want you to know and how much you know generational poverty affects people yeah right that, um, that was the thing i only like within the past like two two years came into like really right. like i don't know what it was but definitely the pandemic but i think it was a combination of um like being very like kind of personally broke you know yeah uh, like working as a working in a place that I absolutely hated in combination with like, you know, seeing all this stuff around me and then being like, oh, cool, they're going to roll out checks. That's awesome. And then being like, what are these checks? This is nothing. This is barely anything to live on. And I'm like, if it's barely anything to live on for me, then what is it for other people who are right. more poor? And then you're just like, oh, my God, it's just like a domino effect of realization. Yeah, it's it's um. Because I think one of the things that really taught me a lot is I I was in the honors college in Georgia State and I took a class on urban development um, and learned a lot about gentrification, you know, redlining um, and generational poverty in urban centers, especially Mm -hmm. for black people um, and also the white flight. 
you know, from urban centers during the 1950s. So, like, all of that just made me realize, like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> this is, there are people, you know, there a lot of people who are alive today who are, like, you know, in their 60s, 70s, were alive when they couldn't go to school with white people. You know, like, this is not something that happened 200 years ago. This is even if, right you know, now. I mean, like, even if it did happen 200 years ago, like, slavery happened 200 years ago, and we're still feeling Exactly. It's and like, it's just, so, it's... It's definitely, you know, a very radicalized moving. And, and through that, I think it went and grew out of there um, to learn more about just how much economic injustice there is in our country. I, I think Bernie Sanders also definitely uh, inspired me a lot and made me realize kind of where I was because um, I liked a lot what he was saying when he ran in 2016. So that, was, I think, is really where, like, first it started kind of with Trayvon Martin, but it really, like, solidified my freshman year of college with Bernie Sanders running and what I was learning in school. He sounds like a solid dude, but I'm just so skeptical of politicians. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, of like, oh, yeah, it turns out he was a pedophile or something like that. Or not. I don't know. Maybe because then if you, I don't know, then there he definitely has flaws. I'm not going to say he doesn't like. Yeah, I know he used to be a lot weaker on immigration reform than he is now. Mm-hmm. And I think he just shifted because this sort of like where the party is. So I think that's something where he's like a little weaker on. Um, which is funny because he gets the most, he's literally the single most supported candidate amongst all Latinos in any party. <laughs> like he got the most votes from Latinos in the primaries in 2020 and I don't know if 2016, but definitely in 2020. Interesting. Um, so yeah, Latinos, he's definitely has a really good base. Um, Latinos for Bernie. <laughs> Bernie. Dude, please. <laughs> how do, how would you say, it's just Bernie. It's just Bernie. Bernie, yeah. <laughs> It's so bad, bro. Okay. We're Hispanic. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry, folks. We're not making fun of it. This is how... um, Our family talks. That's how our family speaks. You know, we're not being terrible people. I mean, we are, but it's fine. So... (laughs) I mean, I'm not... It's not... It's just... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I love the accent, honestly, because it's just so much like... It's got so much more like flavor to it. You know, I mean, Hispanic culture in general just has so much more flavor. I know, but just people whose <laughs> accents are just like have a little. It's just like, I don't know. I grew up here, so I'm just desensitized to like mm. people speaking English and yeah. not being like it. Just and in general, I mean, I, we're just transitioning to a much more personal thing. But like, I love languages, right? And I love words. Like, I don't know what it is, but like using words um, that are like niche or like not like super archaic right but like uh just words that are like fun to use like it's just i don't know how to describe it it's like eating a very like a different dish right and i feel like the trend because of the internet has been to like make and streamline the 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 language into like the most like universal thing Mm. not intentionally but like it's just more efficient yeah and like i'm not i'm not trying to like um i don't know idolize how we used to be like how we used to speak previously because then mm-hmm. it's a little bit too um i feel like that's as a result of like trying to create barriers of education with like you know the lower class and like mm-hmm. the 1800s and you know people just don't get to you know read and write because the the language that you're using is super fucking complicated and yeah. dense but i don't know i like using it right and mm-hmm. in, in, you know using words that are it feels like doing magic because you're just like creating a certain like image in this person's head using language that is like 
different. It's like, I don't know. I'm going to create a thousand metaphors for it. <laughs> right. But then you hear most people speak most of the time and they usually speak with the same sort of terminology and cadence. Right. Right. I do like new terminology that comes out of the internet. Like that is fun. Right. You know, but like st stuff getting like universally, like, you know, kind of smoothed out. It's mm. like, so when people come to the United States and they speak, they already spoke a different language and you just see different like tones used. It's like very pretty and like, mm. You know, I like it a lot. I mean, my mom That's speaks cool. that way. Yeah. And then I love Southern people, the way that they speak. I guess the thing the I don't like drawl. is like, yeah, the drawl, just like the parts where you sometimes like can't understand what they're saying. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, friend. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I've had that before. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Just, a second. It's just like, it, it tells a story without telling a story. Like, it, that's true. You know, when you talk, like, uh, I, when I was in my first relationship, my girlfriend would say, when I hung around my, my dad, that my, my speech went from like a very, whatever you want to call it, universal sort of tone to like, I definitely dipped into more Southern mm. because my dad's more Southern. Yeah. And it's like, I used to see him do that with his parents oh and my it was God. just so, it was so funny how he would get, he'd get way more twang. He was like <laughs> up the twang by 20%, you know, it's just like, I mean, I do hey that man, too. you want some Coca-Cola? He drink martini with an olive and it, it, it's just like, oh, so good. But you know, I like that stuff. I actually think I have like a genuine love for like linguistics and things like that. So why don't you learn more? I mean, it's on the list. It's just, you know, I have a long list of stuff that I want to learn true. about. I want to start with history and then kind of branch out into, you know, um, you know combine history with like social issues and maybe then branch mm. into psychology and then from psychology into biology and then biology into physics and then physics into math right it has to be like gradual because if i just hop into math i'm going to be like um just kind of confused right yeah makes sense i'm fine with that though i'm actually more comfortable with the idea of like talking about politics now maybe it's like a temporary thing but i'm kind of more in the vein of wanting to talk about stuff that's like important and maybe be a little bit more risky risky with my public image yeah fuck it yeah i mean I, i'm very very risky with all this shit because this is gonna be used against me in the future but it's fine i mean i don't really care because i'm gonna be honest regardless yeah like as bad as it is like i'm not gonna be that way but like well you're not a criminal exactly like, like trump showed that like if you just embrace everything and don't like I think that works it's for Republicans. <laughs> this is a bad example, probably. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is a bad example. But I, the way I see it is like, I feel like if you um, are honest from the beginning and like make your image that way and like don't hold, like you don't try to polish your speech too much or like you should polish it a little bit, but you shouldn't polish it to the point where you're changing your ideas based on what crowd you're with right yeah not don't water it down exactly yeah um there's a difference between shifting your language and shifting your ideas for different people yeah. and i think if you keep your ideas consistent even though yeah they can pull stuff from this podcast it's like i mean it's basically the same of what i would say in public anyway so hopefully. like i mean hopefully you don't go red state game <laughs> and like double radicalization <laughs> you know double reverse <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, this podcast was, uh, was a lot, you know, um, just a cash grab from my, my Republican campaign. That's like fucking Candace Owens or something like that. Um, I don't really she used to be a, She used to be liberal. 
Those and, people mystify me. Well, actually, they don't mystify I don't, me. I can't tell if she does it for the money or if she actually generally had a shift or if she does it for both. Or she's a grifter. Most Well, she definitely there's definitely evidence that she used to be a liberal and then they offered her money and that's when she became conservative. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's what always happens, I guess. It's just like you, you, you take a little bit, a little bite, and you're like, "Oh, I like this." Yeah, exactly. So like, it's, it's, it's not, I think it's a combination, but she definitely did it for the money at the beginning. Yeah, and not to say that people don't do that in like, in the left, but they also aren't left if they do that. People don't make money off of being the left. You don't make money if you're a leftist, really. I mean, if like, no, I, I don't think that's true. I feel like, like for example, like in America, H- Hassan. Okay, like one. Hassan. Okay, but but that's okay. But like, does he have sponsorships or does he have grassroots donations? Well, CNN's kind of that way. MSNBC's that way. They're not leftists. Bill Maher, I I know what you're saying. Like you're saying, are, I'm saying genuine leftists. I'm oh, talking okay. about like Bernie Sanders, like real left. I'm not talking about the stupid Democrats who are centrists. Um, like, I I'm don't talking know. about like like Bernie Sanders or more left. Nowhere, no one to the right of that. I I'm not sure. I I don't know enough about it. I feel like there is like a. Like, if I think about this from, like, a marketing standpoint, like a business owner, I definitely think there's a populist, like, a, a way to make money when it comes to socialists. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, like, I guess the way I'm saying it is, like, there's not going to be someone who flies in, like, a billionaire or a millionaire who flies in with a parachute of money if you're a leftist. I mean... Because you're literally antithetical, like, your entire ideology is against them existing. Yeah. And I much. guess we also have to, like, establish, like, what is, like... Oh, they did it, and it's it's making them an enormous amount of money. Like you probably make way more fucking money being a grifter for the right than you do being a grifter for the left. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, I yeah, I see. I think that I'm talking about like because for example, there's like Kyle Klinsky and Crystal Ball. They make a lot of money, but that's because they get they they base it off of Patreon, and maybe they have like book sales or something. I don't know if they do. Who books. are these people? Uh, you probably haven't heard of them. They're they're like leftists who are. Um, they have sh- shows on YouTube that they talk about news and stuff. Yeah. Secular talk and breaking points. And it, breaking points used to be called, um, fuck, what was it called before? Rising. It used to be called Rising. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of, he- I've, I've started to become more hesitant of like indulging in like socialist. They're not talking socialists? heads. Or sorry, leftist talking heads. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I'm trying to actively watch my uh, like, there's like a thing that people do like jordan peterson's a good example like they become apologists for literally every single thing that someone says and like they have no ability like a lot of people don't have the ability to criticize the person that they look up to you know like like we're all human this person's gonna have wrong points there's a lot of stuff that i think jordan peterson says like that i i did take value from when i was like more on the the right side of the aisle you know like like about self-accountability and like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps now i think he'd like glosses over a whole lot of like things that we do to help each other yeah right and a whole lot of other stuff like uh how he's affected and properly influenced people or acted as a pipeline to you know far right ideologies absolutely but then there's some stuff in there where i'm like you know i read i read his books and i took a lot from it and it helped me get through some shit Mm. you know and like really you know um get on my feet when it comes to like being an adult right know, rather than like constantly being like passive yeah i mean i think um with peterson he's definitely like he should have just stayed in his lane of uh, self-help he was fine when he was doing that it's just the problem is he got into politics when he's not really an expert in politics he's more of just a self-help person yeah yeah true. that's the problem with a lot of people is they like just because they're good in one area doesn't mean they're going to be good in the other area yeah you know but yeah 
and I also like it's also the other side like I think that not Peterson specifically but I feel like some people like when it comes to self-help books they are like it encourages like rabid individualism and not seeking help and I'm like yeah that's true but I also feel like there are some self-help books that do that and there also is like a lot of value in getting like a hard dose of you need to pick yourself up because while I do encourage systemic change I also think that it's like sometimes nobody's gonna help you unless you help yourself like sometimes you're just in the middle of the fucking desert well know? it's the it's the balance of like we need systemic change yes and we need to do everything in our power to do that but also like you need to also survive to create that systemic change yeah so we have to have the pragmatic the pragmatism of like still living in this world that we currently live in which does require individualism and yeah, a little yeah. bit of like self and then using reliance. that individualism to fight for the things that you believe in exactly you know not just for yourself but like you know first get to a point where you can take care of yourself sustainably and then you know take care of that and, and it, the thing is, is that like taking care of yourself sustainably does not mean like getting a job that's like 100k yeah you know like that'd be nice but that's not like survival that's like well, I don't know. <laughs> Stuff gets more and more inflated. It <laughs> may actually... It's getting to that point pretty soon, but yeah. we're not there yet. God, I'm going to be so sad when I'm like... When I eventually, hopefully, get to that point in my company. And then it's like... Yeah, like the buying power of the dollar is like... <laughs> like half of what it was, you know? Bruh. Like a quarter of what it was. And I'm like, well, why did I do all this work? <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, God, I was just trying to, you know... I just eventually want to get to the point where I can be like. Hence, we need the systemic change, and that's oh, where yeah. it goes back. No. And that's why I think the I think the issue is like when people use it as like a way a means of like a long term solution. The individualism thing is only a short term thing; it's not a long term thing. You can't survive and sustain yourself because the economy is going to shift, things are going to go crazy, might, shit, shit might go to hit hell. the fan or go to hell. Yeah. I, completely mixed up those metaphors shit might hit the fan in hell <laughs> anyway but yeah so no yeah i agree that it has to be both and um because you have to take care of yourself but you also need to make sure you're actually trying to make change that will last because if you just have all these band-aid solutions like um i don't know like like part checks. of it's pulling yourself out of the hole the second part is helping the other people that were in the hole too yeah and then um, building like something over the hole so no one yeah, else falls ladder. under. Building a ladder yeah. down into the hole, yeah. and then then you put a roof over the hole and make sure there's no rain in it. Make sure it has proper plumbing, and then see is this hole up to ocean standard? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! All right, so I guess, uh, do you want to bid them adieu? Yeah, so this is a short, way shorter episode than the last ones, but um, I think we're just gonna stick to. We're still trying to figure out the format exactly, so we're going to definitely have a more consistent timeline of each episode and, like, what exactly we're going to be talking about, but, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, sounds like it was a good episode. I, I had fun talking about this. Yeah, um, thank you yeah. for doing this with me. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate your time and letting us into your, your homes, your houses, your cars, your walls. And, um... <laughs> Every time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they'll never find me <laughs> but no like thanks for listening and uh we'll see y'all next time all right sounds good gabriel nicholas signing out gabriel and nicholas they're just gonna think your name is gabriel nicholas i don't yeah i said that wrong let me try it again <laughs> all right gabriel and nicholas signing out thanks y'all have a good day all right or you. night bye